Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, hi, Jeff. We were just talking about how in today's economy... Living in your car, living in your car, you are living in your car. I'm sorry, I'm not good at being coy. So, let's get this thing started. Hi. Hello. Episode 8. Episode 8. We're almost a third of the way through season 1. Yes, Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Today, I had to switch to disc two of season one, so that's a big milestone. Woo! Congratulations. I had to click on episode eight on Hulu <laughs> on my computer. I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Steven. And Steven and I are just friends, and I have appendicitis. That's kind of awkward. I need you to pretend to be a girl named Trina who goes to a high school in Canada for my prom. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's good to be back. Uh, I hope your week has been well. Steven, how's your, like, pop culture week been? Did you watch Hamilton? I did watch Hamilton. I actually uh, made a trip home to see my mom for her birthday and watch Hamilton with her. Steven and I got to see Hamilton live together in Chicago a couple years ago, and it was an awesome experience. We did. It was great. I cried quite literally the entire time. And I've gone from really being into Hamilton, like really into it, to having a deep appreciation for it, but having definitely overdone it and taken a step away from it. Yeah, absolutely. I hadn't listened to it in quite a while leading up to watching it again. Yeah, so watching it on Disney+, Plus, it, it moved me all over again. And the way it was captured on film just felt so great. I know, Stephen, you had some... Like, you mentioned you had some small complaints about the way the choreography was captured, which I can see. I did, yeah. I, I really liked the way it was done, and it was great seeing it with the original cast. Oh my gosh, Leslie Odom Jr. is ridiculously talented. Like So many of them dance. stood out on another level. Oh my god. Especially him dancing, you're right. Oh gosh, so great. But my one qualm, and, and the thing is, this is like a catch-22, because I like what this did because they had a lot of times where they were zoomed in on who was singing so yeah. you could really see the emotion on their face and things like that and i think that added a lot to the production but yeah. at least one of my favorite parts watching it um was seeing the dancing and the choreography and there was just a little bit of it that you missed you could still see it in the background but it was a little harder to kind of see the whole picture which i mean it, it, it was fine i just would have liked to see the choreography a little more the choreography in hamilton is really interesting and unique and helps tell the story in a great way and I thought for the most part they captured that well. And it's kind of, you know, it can only go one way or the other because if you captured all that choreography and most of the shots were wide, you'd miss out on those great close-ups that I thought really made this as powerful as it was. Absolutely. Um, see, seeing especially like King George's performance like that close since he doesn't really move a lot during the performance, I feel like it's better than seeing it live to an extent. Because they put so much heart and soul into what they're doing on stage. 
and it really comes through in a way that you know you definitely don't get from the back row and it's even hard to totally get from the front row when you're 20 feet away from them yeah i don't think i would have wanted to be in the front row though for this one because um the spit on king george's lips was very aggressive and i feel it was like impressive the front row probably was in it was it was a little bit in a, in a splash zone there it awoken <laughs> something in me that i wasn't quite expecting what was that <laughs> um so what, what else is in the news <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, Zach, some news that I've been really excited to talk to you about okay. is you went to a theme park yeah, last week. I, I'm almost nervous to like say that because it's a risk. It's totally yeah. a risk. Um, now, did you wear a mask? Yeah, you have to wear a mask. Okay, that's good. That's You're not good. allowed to be in the park without a mask. And people, you would see people with them down sometimes, but for the most part, it was good. And there were people who worked at the park who were enforcing it. That's good. Let's see. They have a lot of markings to keep six feet from each other, and most people are not doing that at all. Of course. And some people were, but very few people were keeping the full six feet. We really made it sure that everyone knew that we were keeping six feet and standing on the marker. So when people saw us doing that, they would normally respect it. That's really good. And we had fun. I got to ride a roller coaster the day it opened. How was that? The new, like, uh, what's it classified as? It's a Giga Coaster. So it's one of, like, seven in the world, I think, is what they said. And it's awesome. Uh, This was King's Island, and I don't want to talk about this too long. But, Steven, it was kind of like, it's kind of like Diamondback, but so much taller. And the first drop is almost, like, straight down. And it's, like, it gets up to, like, 90-something miles per hour, which is pretty insane. That's awesome. Anyway. All right, I was just curious to talk about that because I thought that was yeah. you know, pretty neat and I was interested to learn about it. I do want to bring it down for just a second, something that's been on my mind a lot today. Have you been seeing the news about Naya Rivera? No. Really? I, I'm, I'm well aware of who Naya Rivera is, but really? what, what happened? Oh, my God, Steven. It's not good. Like, really, you might want to, like, sit down. What's um, up? So she is missing. She's classified as missing right now. She was on a boat with her four-year-old son um, oh, today, no. and later in the day, someone found her son asleep in the boat uh, by, by himself with her life jacket. Shit. And it's a lake where uh, swimmers have died in it before. I don't know. It could be a lot of things. It sounds really yeah. morbid, but maybe it could be like she jumped in to test the water before getting her son. Mm-hmm. And it also seems like... Uh, Reports make it sound like the son also got in the water. The four-year-old son got in the water and was able to pull himself back onto the boat. Mm. That's yeah. awful. So I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, uh, the story will have come out more. They searched for her yesterday until it got dark and didn't find her and kept back up this morning once it got light. And they kind of made a statement that they're no longer like, it's not so much about finding her now, it's about like bringing her back. Good grief. Yeah. That's awful. And I, uh, Glee is a whole mess of a show, but I was very into it as a young kid. And it's, this is like one in a list of many really bad things to happen to the people on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sad. Yeah, that's, that's rough. I'm surprised you didn't see about that. That's, yeah, I woke up to that and Lily told me that. It's crazy. Poor kid. Yeah, that's, that's awful. All right. So let's take a deep breath. And talk about the show. Let's get into this. Let's talk about community. That was really rough. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, it's fitting that we'd go from t- 
talking about roller coasters to being on one ourselves. Yeah. But the best part about roller coasters is, is after the really scary dark tunnel, you slow down and you ease into safety and enjoyment. And that is what we're going to try and do for you guys with this episode. Episode 8. Welcome. Home economics. Home um, economics. Home just... ec, if you're hip. One quick more sideways thing to bring things back up. Talking a little bit about last week, the great introduction to statistics Halloween episode. I kind of did a Twitter experiment to see what people's favorite costume from the episode was. So I thought I I'd know share you the did, results. and I have a qualm. Wait, what is your qualm? My qualm is I feel like there is some voter bias because of the wording of the poll. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You threw some weight around there, Zach. Do you think I did your did your man dirty? You did my man dirty. Not you did not do my man dirty. You did your man extra clean. I think Abed is really popular. Like I've said before, he's Snoopy. You know, he's it's so true. lovable. I it's get why true. he's the favorite. I did not intend to do Troy dirty. Here are the results. In last place with zero votes. Uh, we've got Shirley. Oh, that's okay. damn! They didn't like Urkel. Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> tied for fifth place are Annie and Pierce. No love for the skeleton or the Beastmaster. I'm a little surprised about that being as low as it was. About Pierce or Annie? Both. Yeah, I think people don't like Chevy, and people don't like Pierce. That's fair. And I do think it's fair. Uh, let's see, in fourth place, they had Jeff with his no costume, which is, <laughs> All you know right. what, I don't want to, <laughs> I love our followers. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> in third place, uh, we've got Troy. He didn't do too bad, even though you think I did him dirty. He came in third place. Uh, in second, a surprise lead for Britta as the yeah, squirrel. Yeah, good for, good for the squirrel. And as we pretty much gave away, Abed came out in the lead as Batman. Which I'm not really actually mad about. It's understandable. You know, I, if I had to pick anyone other than Troy, I'd pick Abed's Batman. And I think that the episode definitely serves the Batman better. Absolutely. So that was a lot of fun. If you want to get involved with stuff like that, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Disapod. Uh, we're going to do more stuff like that. I think that was cool. We kind of had a um, a tweet that got a lot of recognition recently. So if you are here from that tweet asking what community episode is your favorite, welcome to our show. Make sure to check out yeah. the episodes that came before this if you Absolutely. want any context. Or yeah. just continue this wonderful journey we're on now. I know we got a couple people from that, so that's great. That's awesome. And honestly, I did that. I just asked people for their favorite episode or moment. I was kind of having a down day, and I wanted something to brighten it up a little bit. And how many people shared what brightens them up really did. It was awesome. So thanks for that. Yeah, it, and especially it actually, thanks if you're here now because of it. Yeah, it was cool going through all those because like it just reminded me of some some moments in the show that I hadn't thought about in years. You know. Yeah, it makes me so excited to get to them. Absolutely. We're here today for, you know, we've said it, Home Economics, Episode 8, which originally aired November 5th, 2009. It was directed by Anthony Russo, and it was written by Lauren Pomerantz, who only wrote one other episode, Interpretive Dance, which is a good one. Mm -hmm. And she was on the audio commentary, and I guess she's a writer for Ellen DeGeneres, or was at the time of recording. And oh. so she was kind of like a draft writer for like the beginning of a show to kind of come in and help write an episode. That's kind of neat. So I don't think she was like a staff writer. I think she was like extra help, kind of. Yeah, I was brought in to, to make sure everything was 
running smooth. Yeah, let's do our trivia. I got three. All right, I have three, and I have a really hard bonus that I don't expect you to get, but... Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. Go first. Info. Okay, my first one. What kind of car does Pierce say that he had in the 70s? Steven, that is one of my questions. It is oh, a Skylark. Hell yeah. So go ahead and throw a second one at me then. What is the recipe for special drink? Okay, I've always been so interested in the concept of it, but so nervous to actually put it into practice. It's <laughs> cold milk and hot chocolate powder mixed together. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had Nesquik? Yeah, but I feel like hot chocolate's a little different, but maybe it wouldn't be that different. You're probably right. It's pretty similar. Okay, so I only have two then, since you stole one of mine. Um, what was the concert called? Uh, it was mentioned uh, towards the beginning Night Under of... the Stars? That is it. Nice. Abed has four movie posters on the wall behind his couch. Mm. Can you name two of them? I originally was going to do three, mm. but two of the movies... Are maybe things you haven't seen so so if you could name two I'll, I'll, I'll call that a w mm, i definitely looked at them i definitely noticed them <sighs> i don't know i'm sorry that's Wait. okay that's okay go ahead no <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> you're gonna say them and i'm gonna be like yep I noticed that. Okay, I'll do the ones that you probably would have known first. So there was Back to the Future Part 2. Okay. There was Stand By Me. Okay. And then the other two were like an old like monster movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called It Came From Beneath the Sea. Okay. It's like an old monster movie. And then the other one was a movie that I have not seen, but that I am aware of its existence. It's called Batteries Not Included. And it's about Yeah, I haven't seen that one either, but I wouldn't mind. I feel yeah, like. it's like about this old couple who like aliens come and help them with their diner or something like that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'll throw my last one at you. Alrighty. Describe in detail as much as you can the poster that was behind Pierce in the rehearsal space scenes when he had all of the uh, keyboards around him. I could not tell you a single thing about the poster that was behind Pierce when he was in the keyboard space. It was a really lovely older woman with a pan flute. <laughs> and it was like a like a like a ad to get people to want to play the pan flute. It was it was nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'll have to watch it again and look for that cuz I didn't and notice so, it at all. Do you still have your super hard bonus one or did I you do. use it already? Okay. Okay. Can you name any other movie posters that Abed had in his room? There were at least two that I noticed. I didn't see any others. Well, I didn't remember any of them. That's true. <laughs> He also had a poster for the movie Short Circuit 2 that was right next to his TV. That one was in the background of Jeff quite a bit. You know, that's a movie that I'm familiar with. I've never seen Short Circuit. It's like a robot movie, yeah? Yeah. I saw the first one, I think, but I don't really remember a whole lot about it. Okay. Um, And the other one was a movie called Vibes that uh, has Jeff Goldblum in it where he plays a psychic. It also has Cyndi Lauper where she also plays a psychic. And it's basically like The Road to El Dorado but with those two playing psychics. So you can imagine how good that movie is. Yeah. That sounds phenomenal, if that's what you're trying to say. I I would watch it, honestly. So what did you think overall of the episode? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed the episode, but I will say I really do not enjoy Jeff in this episode. That is interesting. We'll have to dive into that. I think this episode has a lot of stuff that's pretty signature community but in other moments feels a little bit half-baked, run-of-the-mill, first, epi- first season, early episode, kind of. 
I agree. But I also, there are some moments that are some of my favorites that I that I was very pleased to get to watch again. Yeah, I think right now we're kind of in the run of, like, my favorite string of episodes in the first season. Okay. And I think this is not necessarily the strongest of those episodes, but it is still kind of, it, it hangs in there. You know, that might be kind of a uh, hot take because, you know, the latter, like, quarter of the season is where... Uh, contemporary American poultry and modern warfare are. Yep. I, I and know. you still and say that this episode. is your stretch of favorites. That's interesting. It might be my favorite, yeah. Let's get into this episode. Uh, the opening is Spanish class. It's very nice to see Chang for the just kind of moment we get him this episode. Yeah, I, I, you can't go wrong with a Chang opening. Jeff is ugly sleeping in the class with his head all the way back and mouth <laughs> open. And Pierce is throwing like paper balls, I think. And mm-hmm. his mouth. They said on the commentary that Chevy was being kind of aggressive with them, and uh, oh, no. Joel had to have his mouth like wide open, you know, in a certain way, so to ensure that something lands. And he said they were just like landing in his throat and really messing with them. <laughs> I also think it's funny how Chang just goes right into messing with him as well, when on other occasions he's been kind of stern out of nowhere. And I think it yeah. kind of plays off of the friend dynamic that Chang seems to have built with Jeff a little bit last week, whether that's intentional or not. So he's like down to, you know, kind of play a prank on his buddy. Yeah, I like that. And I think that it kind of fits with more the Chang character that he is later on. Yeah. Because Chang, that's something that, you know. <laughs> at this point, Chang really is like so surprisingly normal, if not definitely quirky, compared to what he becomes in later seasons. It's interesting to watch that uh, that form. It is because it, I think that you know we all have the Chang that we think of in our heads, and mine is definitely one in the mid towards later seasons. Yes, I agree. But it is interesting to see him kind of rocking like this for a little while. I agree. After Chang gets everyone to pay attention to Jeff being asleep and him like yelling in his face to interrupt him, then he goes ahead and dismisses class. There's a really adorable, funny, insane, totally Troy bit that he plays when he becomes <laughs> Annie's backpack. And he's so he's so like unaware of how it affects Annie because he's like, oh hey Shirley, look at this, I'm Annie's backpack. You know, and yeah, it's just it, him being Troy. Annie's getting a big hug from her crush, but <laughs> Tro- Troy would have done that to anyone. Exactly. Which is a little sad that he can't see that because he makes a cute face at her and she's really laughing poor annie and shirley watches it all which kind of sets up that she follows annie through her crush in this episode yeah which i like that everyone's involved again in this one that's always nice we set up uh troy and annie's plot line pretty much right away where troy makes it seem like you know he's got a secret crush on someone in the class and definitely words it in a way especially after this backpack bit that makes annie you know, have every right to believe that he's talking about her, like, shyly. Yeah, and then he, you know, kind of flips it on her. (laughs) And I love Troy's reaction when he, you know, is kind of like, after he's playing it through that, and she's like, oh, and he can tell she's kind of, like, shocked by it. And so he apologizes, saying, oh, I didn't mean to lead you, you know, make you think it was the wrong thing. And it's like, Randy can be a guy or a girl. (laughs) I think it's funny because that shows that Troy was thinking about that already, and that yep. he's kind of self-conscious about her name. So he's like, that's what it's got to be, even though how would Annie have known her name? Right before that, he's like, um, well, you know, I think Randy will really like that. And then he thinks that she's upset because she's like, oh, it's a guy. And he's like, oh, no. Is Randy a gender-neutral name? Yeah, I know both guy and girl Randys. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. But it is usually spelled with an I if it's a That's girl. That's what the closed captions had it as in this episode. Mm-hmm. Shirley's been like following them and thinks it's boring, and she's like, I backed the wrong relationship. I should have followed Jeff and Britta. So then we cut to Jeff and Britta who are talking about nothing really. We see Vaughn again. Vaughn's back this week, which is so nice. <laughs> I, we love baby boy Vaughn around here. Yeah, and I really love his demeanor in this episode. You can tell that that edge that he just showed a little bit of in the end of his first appearance is very much on display with the life he's leading now. I think that Vaughn is entering his 90s grunge phase, and I'm here for it. This is like one of the first examples of, you know, just about anybody who comes into the study group that's not a part of the study group is worse for having gotten entangled (laughs) with them. And this is kind of a small-scale first incarnation of that right it reminds me of like kind of how on it's always sunny in philadelphia they turned uh cricket from like a priest to a you know crackhead and this is that on a a much smaller scale (laughs) it would be very funny if community had gotten to do like a the study group squashes their beefs type episode that i think that would be hilarious and i would love hey hey maybe that can be in the movie yeah that could be a funny bit in the movie dan we know you're listening (laughs) <laughs> jot that down buddy we won't tell yeah, anyone close. we don't expect any money just come on the show just uh, come close on the show friend of the show ken jong um yes. maybe you can yeah. put in a good word he's liked better of five of my tweets thank you very much oh a retweet would be nice ken a retweet every now and then would be choice but thank you for the love Vaughn walks by and britta immediately feels uncomfortable i have been there There was a time when I was comically telling, as I was walking from one class to another in high school, I was comically telling the story of a breakup. And, like, after I'm done telling the story and I'm, like, you know, high-fiving all the douchebags, I turn around and there was, you know, like, the nicest girl in the world who, who, like, had heard the whole story. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Britta wants to talk to Vaughn sometime, and, you know, Vaughn doesn't quite show his cards of what he has up his sleeves, but he kind of plainly puts that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that I can't accept your apology because you're toxic, Britta. You know what? You're like, you're like the exact opposite of an antioxidant. Yeah. I got band practice late. I have no reason why Pierce has been, you know, Britta's sidekick while this conversation is happening. <laughs> Jeff just kind of got out of there as fast as he could, and it's just like they needed somewhere for Pierce to go, so they're like, he right. can stick around. But luckily, Pierce understands women, so he, he's, he's the best one to right. help. Right, he understands, in air quotes, that when a woman <laughs> says don't do something three times, that he should totally do it. Well, I mean, he's the best one to talk to Vaughn, because they won't be stressed about, you know, if their thighs look chubby. You're right, and as we'll learn later, you know, Pierce's ass in skinny jeans man ooh, you know some might even say that it resembles a baby pumpkin i think baby pumpkin is being a little bit too nice you know i think it's definitely a mid-aged pumpkin easily <laughs> but like one of the ones that like a kid like stepped on a little bit but like realized it's a pumpkin ripe down. for a carving oh <laughs> you're gonna carve a z in it like zorro Jeff pulls up his car to a spot and looks both directions, even though he's totally in a public area. Yeah, why the hell is Jeff doing this at school? Yeah, and he finds, like, a little hose spout or something where he can (laughs) 
take a shower with a loofah and brush his teeth with the toothbrush that he has. This is a community college, not like a gas station. Yeah. I'm sure he's not the only person there who doesn't have a place to take a shower every day. That's fair. Oh, it wasn't a hose spout. It was like the sprinklers. The <laughs> That's trees. even worse. And oh, it no. <laughs> just so happens that Britta and Shirley are just around the corner to watch this all happen. Shirley, in her gossiping ways, she can't not jump on that. You know, it's going to bug her until she fixes it. Yeah, she was real ready for this one. We have that little blurb tease of a theme song, and then we cut to the study room where, you know, everybody's talking about how they saw Jeff living in his car, and that's when we get Pierce's uh, (laughs) talk about living in the back of a Skylark. And I wanted to look up what a Skylark looks like. Do you know anything about this car? What kind of car is that? Is that nice? Is it crappy? It's like one of those, like, used-to-be kind of cool guy cars, but it's not actually a nice car. So it's, like, the perfect car to be modeled by Sir Chevy Chase. Exactly. It, it, I mean, it's a Buick, so it's not like it's, like, a Mustang or anything. After he mentions the Skylark, we get what might be my favorite string of jokes in the entire episode. Nothing like betting a woman in the final back seat of a Skylark. Of course, we didn't have the same safety standards back then, so... <laughs> I tell you, before AIDS, sex was like shaking hands. Hence AIDS. Yeah, that was good. And it was such a quick joke from Abed, which was good. And I like that the AIDS talk is what reminds uh, Pierce to mention to uh, Britta that he talked to Vaughn. (laughs) Oh, you really did a number on him. But the good news, at least, of course, is that Pierce, once again, his musical talents are being called upon. Yeah, I can totally hear Pierce like half-ass saying two things on Britta's behalf and then being like, so I heard you say you had a band? You know, uh, I think uh, someone as myself, you know, who has been a multi-Grammy award-winning songwriter would Did you hear my Greendale School song? (laughs) (laughs) And he also has a pretty killer line. He was like, hey, Tiny, you're missing the big idea. I'm in a rock band. (laughs) That was good. Cue Jeff to walk in with the cool guy line and, you know, hey, the Fonz is here. And Shirley and Britta are giving each other that look because they know something that they told everyone and Jeff doesn't know that they know that they know that they know. Exactly. (laughs) Britta tries to be nice and exchange pleasantries and Shirley just can't do it. And she says, living in your car, living in your car, car. you're living in your car. (laughs) (laughs) Which, can we for a moment talk about this? And this will tell you a little bit of my Jeff feelings for this episode. Jeff is in his 40s. He should not... I don't know if he's in his 40s. I think there's an episode later in the series that revolves around him turning 40, I believe, in season 5. So we're looking at, like, a 36-year-old man. 36-year-old man, which I still say it's a little irresponsible of him to not have gotten any sort of part-time job or be doing anything to pay his bills. Yeah, he must have had a decent amount of money on deck and live the same as he had been and not realize how much he's pissing away. Yeah, I feel like it's not a great look for someone, especially someone who is supposed to be such, this cool guy. And I get that, you know, that kind of takes him down a peg. Yeah. But that's real rough. Is this the crux of your Jeff issues in the episode, or is there more? This, I wouldn't say it's the crux. I'd say it's the, okay. the, the we're ascending the roller coaster, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jeff kind of explains that it's just for a couple of days. He's got to pay some stuff. Basically, it's clear you know he can't pay for his apartment anymore, and he's losing it. But he's trying not to. <laughs> he says you know they'll put my locks back on the door. 
and he tries to charm them, but, you know, for the f- maybe first time, everyone in the group kind of sees past him and is a little bit like, oh, this sucks. They're like, man. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, and everyone immediately, like, do you need a place to stay? Do you need some money? I love Troy's line of, like, I'd offer, but my dad's kind of racist. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and Jeff's line, I get why it's kind of crappy, but the suicide note line is a little funny. The next person that offers me charity or pity will be mentioned by name in my suicide note. Oh. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have put that in there if that came out today. That felt very Harmon. Oh, yeah, super duper. I think that joke would still fly. I don't know. People are more sensitive now, but look at shows like Big Mouth. You know, you can still do whatever you want on TV. Well, but here's the thing. Big Mouth couldn't be on NBC, like a show on Netflix, sure, well, yeah, like a show course, on Adult Swim, but I feel You're like an NBC show probably wouldn't throw that in there anymore. You're right. I guess it's been a while since I've seen a boundary-pushing network TV show. Okay, I'll give you that. Tuesdays after Two Broke Girls. Young Sheldon. Oh, I Have you watched any of that? Of course not. Yeah, I have not seen a single episode. I haven't of watched Big Bang not. Theory since, like, right after... Amy Farrah Fowler, who I love Maya Bialik, okay? Big fan of hers. But since she and uh, uh, Jim Parsons started dating on the show, I was like, all right. We don't need to talk about how much of the Big Bang Theory I saw, but I did not (laughs) care for that show. I'll say that much. I liked it before I realized it wasn't funny. I I was fooled. You kind of like it until you start watching good shows and see that that's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It really does a good job. Of, uh, did a good job of sneaking in when there was nothing else on. But enough. We've given that too much attention. They, yeah, they we'll save enough. that for the uh, you can't big bang a podcast. <laughs> I like that. Troy comes up to Annie after this conversation about Jeff is over and just makes it worse for her. Um, says thanks for the advice and he talks more about this date and how much he wants to impress this girl which has got to break poor annie's heart and asks her to help him shop for stuff and she's like yeah of course i will because of course she does and shirley's in the back like hey i'm gonna force myself into this situation don't do it yeah my most of my feelings towards this whole plot line are oh poor annie poor annie (laughs) poor annie but this plot line has some killer jokes it's so and they're good ones and i love that moment where shirley just reverts back to the mom figure mm-hmm. where she's like just like oh no oh. <laughs> or she yeah. just wants so much to help yeah but she, she knows does. she can't just jump in she does jeff is doing his homework on an outside bench and britta comes up to him you know just like want to see my place and britta points out that there's two women making out on his car <laughs> which is interesting yeah it, it looked like he was studying but he shows her britta that he's looking at I don't know, it looks like assets from his apartment that are being sold online or something Well, he's like probably that. looking at literally, like, the listing on, like, some realty website. That just remembering like what sale. once was, yeah. Well, and he's looking at it just like, yeah, and it's it's pretty sorry that he's just sitting there looking at his pictures of his condo, yeah. you know. But yeah. the thing about it is he says, you know, he's talking about the different parts of that. He's like, oh, look, there's this and this and this. And he's like, oh, for resale value, which means that he, like, owned this place, right? Yeah. Which means it's like getting like foreclosed on by the bank. That's really not a great situation, Jeff. That's not a great situation. And you say he, he said something positive, but he does also say schmoof schmon schmith schmai schmith, which isn't the best. Not as great as you moment. know. We all deal with pain in different ways. And schmum schmeeple schmeel schmishmit schmike schmat. Schmooze the schmoss. Schmantha. Schmantha. Schmoney. 
Yeah, basically, this scene is just Jeff kind of hobnobbing over the stuff of his previous life and feeling sorry for himself. And Britta really trying to be a good friend and help. This kind of shows an early version of Britta's, you know, how she always wants to therapize people. Yeah. Moving on. But I think her intent is good here. Obviously, she can see that there's a wall that Jeff can't get past, and she wants to help him see that. One of my favorite things about this episode is that it's one of the first times that they kind of, you know, acknowledge some of Jeff's weaknesses and and don't see him as this, you know, super cool guy figure, you know, and and everyone is really like, okay, well, we got to help him out because they do care about him and he's their friend. There has been a whole lot of Jeff clearly being not 100% and it going right over the heads of these smart people. Yeah. Right after that scene, we get the smash cut that I think this part of the episode is better on Jeff's behalf. He moves in with Abed and his dorm, which why did Greendale has dorms? You know, just Abed. <laughs> That's true. Or maybe he like has an apartment, but because he's so like into the college life, he decorated it as a dorm. Well, but then they have like a guy living next door who's also a student. Oh, that's true. It's definitely a dorm. Mm-hmm. Pavel. Pavel. Jeff moves in with Abed, and Abed makes him race him for the top bunk. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? Did you, like, spend the night with friends and or go somewhere and fight over top bunk? Was that ever a thing? Uh, no. No friends? I had bunk beds for a long time. Um, I did too, but I was an only child. And yeah, I had a little brother, and I slept on the top for a while, and then we switched. That, that's super exciting. That, that's, that's about what it's like having bunk beds. So now Jeff is at Abed's place, and he really just needs to chill out, but he's still on the phone trying to, like, sell some of his shit to get a little bit of money. And he says liquidating his assets, so it makes it sound like something fancy, but he's talking about Spider-Man comics, which uh, is a small nosedive to... Oh, I don't ahead. think that's in the Hulu episode. I bet it is. You might have just missed it. He's like... What kind of an offer is that? These are mint condition issues. I mean, the premise alone is priceless. The guy has the powers and strength of a spider. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. He's like, no, your incredulity perplexes me, nerd, to the guy on the phone and hangs up. You remember that? I don't know that that's in the Hulu episode. Interesting. Well, he says that, and I'm wondering if it's a little hint towards the fact that Joel McHale was in Spider-Man 2. He was? Who'd he play? He's like, uh, he like flirts with Mary Jane in the second one, and is maybe a reporter or something. Ah, I haven't seen Spider-Man 2 in a very, very long time. Look it up after the show. He was in it. Nice. Spider-Man 2, I will watch some of the footage of. I refuse uh, nowadays to subject myself to Spider-Man 3. I don't know. I think Spider-Man 3 has its campy worth. It doesn't hold up to the more serious superhero movies of today, but I think it was a heck of a lot of fun. (laughs) It wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) But it was, and that's fine. Spider-Man 3 is supposed to be, like, dark and, like, serious. Well, yeah, because he had emo hair. Yeah, he's edgy. You know, I still think Spider-Man 3 was better than the Venom movie. I haven't seen the Venom movie, and I don't really care to. And definitely better than the Eminem song recorded for it. Listen, I actually um, am planning on bringing up Eminem a little later today, so... That can't be good. Okay, Um, there's a couple of jokes in this where my pop culture knowledge is tested. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one here is Abed's talking about a dream he had and says, did I yell anything about farm animals or Brian Williams? I know who Brian Williams is. He's from the news. Yeah. (laughs) But what does he have to do with farm animals? Um... Does he have anything to do with farm animals? What am I not getting (laughs) in this joke, people? I don't know anything that they have to do with each other. 
Okay. Honestly. Maybe I don't know that they, they do. Don't. Okay. Yeah. I was expecting maybe they would because I look into the jokes on this show. Yeah, I know, right? But I really don't think that, it, that this one has any sort of connection. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Brian Williams fan. I like Brian Williams. I think he's one we like. You're a fan? <laughs> you know, I like him and the Coops. We stand Brian Williams. <laughs> no, we stand Anderson Cooper. Okay, that's fair. In this episode, Jeff and Abed eat a lot of Lucky Charms, and Jolin and Danny have said many times that they like both got sick. From they eating so many to, Lucky Charms? Because they were having to do it all day while they were <laughs> filming, and I guess they both got sick because they ate too much cereal. Can't relate. I've sat around and eaten cereal for an entire day, like multiple boxes, and I'm fine. Yeah, I've been like, I'm going to eat a lot of cereal today, and just grab bowl, grab box of cereal, grab gallon of milk, sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put on a movie. Man, where'd my cereal go? I think I'll eat it now. Jeff has this condescending conversation with Abed where he says, How are you so satisfied all the time, Abed? I mean, don't you ever want anything more out of life than cereal? Sometimes I like to pour hot cocoa mix into cold milk and drink it like a cold hot chocolate. I call it special drink. And someday you will know it by its true name, diabetes. (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm going to have to try, I guess. I feel like I'm not a real fan if I haven't tried it. You should. It's, It's fine. It doesn't... You just have to really mix it well. Yeah. Because it doesn't dissolve as well as Nesquik does. Then this is a reference that I did get when Abed calls Jeff Goldie Hawn. And Jeff says, is it the lips? Like, no, and mentions the <laughs> overboard. It's getting really hot in my apartment. I'm starting to sweat a lot. Yeah, the whole, what sucks is that fans make noise. Well, so I, I have really AC like have that usually though. works pretty well, but uh, it's like 90-something today. Shnikes, inside of your home? Well, not inside of my home, but outside. Oh. And I, I think it's probably... <laughs> I was like, call the police. I like to keep my house at a crisp 69. Hey, I like to keep the dance studio at 68, but my home, I like to be around 72. No, I like it to be a little cool, because then I like to bundle up at night in the blankets. And I, I think I kind of run a little warm to begin with. Anyway. Uh, see, I sleep alone, so, you know, I have no, no warmth. Well, me and Lily sleep on opposite sides of the building. <laughs> she has her corner. I have my room. Yeah, we're quarantining. She doesn't have any symptoms or show any signs of the virus, but, you know, I'm willing to make the sacrifice. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff is questioning Abed's lifestyle and his laziness, which Abed's lifestyle is not too different from my own. Jeff needs to be taken down a peg because he's the one stressing over stuff that he can't do. Totally. He's willing to admit it to himself that he needs a break. We cut back to Annie and Troy and Annie has brought Troy this blanket, and Troy has a great liner. He's like, oh, a picnic blanket. Genius. I was just going to lay down newspaper. It's the blanket my grandmother used to court my grandfather. Yeah? That's pretty hot. <laughs> and for whatever reason, it's this important family blanket for Annie that her grandmother used to court her grandfather, and she's lending it to Troy for yeah why the hell would she girl. bring him that blanket I think she still thinks there's a chance that the situation is gonna turn oh no honey I know poor sweetie <laughs> oh poor 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 Annie <laughs> and then Troy again <laughs> that's pretty hot thanks <laughs> and then gives her a hug and the noise she makes she's like oh <laughs> which if Donald Glover hugged me mm-hmm, maybe that's fair oh And Shirley uh, appears from somewhere within the ether (laughs) to be like, you got to tell that boy how you feel, Annie. Annie's worried about losing a friend if she speaks up about her feelings, which we've definitely all been there. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, maybe one day I'll I'll muster the courage 
to yeah. tell you how I feel. To tell me how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, maybe wait a little bit longer on that. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. really let you have it. <laughs> Put that on the back burner. <laughs> I think I have appendicitis. I I oh! This is a definitely highly hey, gift on, moment. Hold on. When there's a lot of weird things happening at my home that's probably getting okay. recorded. So if I'm not talking a whole lot, just feel free to cut it all out. I cut most of what you say anyway. You know, oh, I find God. it flows better. You know, the episodes run a little long, so... I well, I wondered how they were down to, like, half an hour now, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Trim the fat, I get it. This is where we get a moment that's been gift many times. Shirley mentions, you know, you either roll the dice or lose your turn, and Annie rolls them dice. <laughs> Good grief. Listen, Vigorously. reminiscent of Ice Cube's line on the popular song today was a good day she shakes him up shake him up shakes him up shakes him i just need a few more shakes (laughs) shake him shake him in your mind honey (laughs) (laughs) and then we bring up without a doubt the highlight of the episode they're in the cafeteria to gather for whoa 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 you missed a good reference there zach okay 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 before any or before uh don't gang up on me just calm down before uh, Shirley leaves, she says she wants to go see uh-huh. if she's hoping for a Michael Richards situation. Oh, you're right. You're right. That is a good line. Yeah. Which, yeah. for those who don't know, Michael Richards played Kramer. Is a great on stand-up comedian who never said anything wrong. <laughs> and if Michael Richards is going on stage, you know you're in for a wholesome treat. Yeah. So basically, is that what, what you were going to say? Is uh, Michael Richards was doing stand-up one night and like a big group of people was ordering drinks and was being loud and he made a comment and about oh well of course the blacks and Mexicans are being loud continuing with his show and then at one point one of them yelled up that they didn't think he was very funny and then he let some some in bombs with the hard R fly and talked about lynching and all sorts of things and then he tried to back it down and apologize it and stuff but I mean that pretty much will will yeah end your career, once you said something like that yeah it was real real ugly. After you tell that story, I'm gonna play like this Heinfeld bass slap. Have you seen Seinfeld? Not enough of it, but some. And I intend to. I've seen all the time. I know I'll love it. Just about every episode, I must say, it is very, very funny. So, welcome back to the Richards cast. I'm Zach. And I'm Cosmo Kramer! Uh, That's where I say the N-word with the hard R, but you don't believe it. <laughs> the hard R on the word Kramer? Yeah. Kramer! <laughs> okay, so that's when we get to one of the highlights of the episode where we find out that they're, they're there to see Pierce and Vaughn's band, Some Worries. <laughs> Britta's there, and she's trying to be supportive. Daddy wasn't there. Really good for her. And then the very first thing is saying goodbye to Britta mm, was the hardest thing to do. <laughs> I love that song. It's it, so catchy. I think that, uh, you know, Getting Rid of Britta is a great song. I love the so writing. So many good songs in Community, and this is an early, very strong highlight. One of the best, for sure. Well, the music composer for the show is someone whose name I will butcher, named Ludwig Gorenson, who has done a lot of... Uh, noteworthy television music and has made a name for himself over the last like six years. He did music for Community. He uh, does the music for Atlanta. Yeah. He, he produces uh, Childish Gambino's music. I was going to say he and, produced Redbone and he did some for the score of The Mandalorian. 
That's what I was gonna say. He does the music for the Mandalorian, not just some. He's it's his, it's his baby. He also did um, some stuff on the Black Panther album. But I don't know that any of it compares to getting rid of Britta, which he wrote the music for, <laughs> but Dan and the episode writer wrote the lyrics for. But when someone's a bitch and a liar, there ain't nothing left to woo. I'm getting rid of Britta. What am I doing? I'm getting rid of the bee. She's an awkward bee. I'm getting rid of Britta. I'm getting rid of the bees. She's a GDB. Well, you know, I mean, it's good. He also, uh, another thing that he did that I'm a big fan of is the yeah. Creed soundtracks and scores. Those are also Oh, he produced good. Creed's music. I did not know this. Yeah. He's, Creed, he's a, of course, he's, I'm one a of big... my favorite bands of all time. We're big Creed heads. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, Creed is great. You're right. You're so right. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Pierce is really funny whenever he gets to interject into the song. <laughs> and Vaughn, Eric Christian Olsen, is so good as this character. The way he grooves to the music and is so nonchalant about singing this shit talk song about Britta, it's awesome. It's so good. He really, you know, Vaughn is one of my favorite side characters in the show, period. And I think yeah. this is this is maybe my favorite Vaughn moment. Gotta be. The actor was busy after his community days, so it's a shame we never got to see more of him in some of the later seasons. Yeah. But I do think we get to see him a couple more times. I de- we do we definitely I know at get least to see one him a couple more, time. more times because he dates Annie. Yeah. Spoiler alert. For Oops. those of you who haven't watched the show, yeah. which I doubt. <laughs> now we cut to Abed and Jeff watching the Jeffersons, I want to yes. say. I never really watched the Jeffersons. You can tell because he's bald on the top of his head. That's how you know mm. it's the Jeffersons. I did watch some of um, Sanford and Son, and bam, bam, I did watch bam. some of the Cosby show, but I did not watch much of the Jeffersons. Or Good Times. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Well, I've seen a couple of them black folks, but, but not them black folks. Yeah, yeah, I had to watch a couple so I could... Uh, of those so that can... you name, though, um, Sanford and Son is by far my favorite, followed by The Cosby Show, then Good Times, then The Jeffersons. I only watched um, Full House and um, <laughs> the, um, the Little Brady House Bunch? on the Prairie. Yeah. Hey, Little House on the Prairie slaps. That's a great show. I would if like if I were like giving scores to TV shows, Little House on the Prairie gets a ten out of ten from me. Yeah, I've seen that clip that's pretty viral from it right now of how it handled racism in one of its episodes, and they did do a great job. Oh, First I didn't even I didn't even see that it was a clip going around. I gotta find uh, it. Yeah, there's it. an episode about like the there's a I didn't watch a lot of Little House on the Prairie actually, but there's a young girl and a young boy who is black, and he like asks questions about why people are like treating him differently. Mm-hmm. And they like talked about it really maturely, and that's a show from the '70s, so that yeah. was good to see. Great show. Community. Let's just do Little House on the Podcast. I really wish you wouldn't uh, tempt me with making little podcasts on the prairie, because I sure would. <laughs> little pod on the castry. Oh, okay. So what are we talking about? <laughs> Annie's rolled her dice. Vaughn has sang his song. I know, I know. Britta's, Britta walks into the dorm room, and Jeff and Abed are just like mouthful of cereal. They're and drawing it up. Kind of judges them a little bit. <laughs> you know, Jeff says in the last two days I've spent a quarter. Which been there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice time. I wish that I could only spend a quarter and live now. What cost a quarter? A gumball? Yeah. I believe that he was walking past a place and was like, I need a gumball. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that Jeff probably chews his gumballs for very long. What do you mean? 
Like, he probably, you know, gets a couple of chews and throws it away. He's not a chew-till-the-end type of guy. Interesting. <laughs> How can you tell something like that about a man? Well, you know, it has to do with patience. It has to do with being willing to stick it out through the end. It also has to do with, you know, you enjoy the fun part of the gumball, but are you really going to put in the work to finish that? It that does board? have something to do with the quality of the gumball and well, how long the flavor lasts. Yeah, that's fair. Welcome back to Ballcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is when we see Pavel. He walks in and everyone gets real excited and he recognizes Britta. And I like how he doesn't, like, hate Britta because of the song. He's just like, oh, it's Britta from the song. And then he starts singing it. Getting rid of Britta. I wish we could have seen more of Pavel. I do, too. You know, maybe when we write our fan fiction, we can put Pavel in there. Yeah. What do you mean, when? You've been slacking on your half. Sorry. I just was waiting to be inspired, and Pavel is what I needed. Britta's going to confront Vaughn. And they're just playing and jamming, and Chevy Chase makes some interesting faces as he's playing the keyboard. Listen, Pierce is vibing hard as hell, and I love it. He was like, like he was really in it, and I love it. I think that that is like a top-notch keyboard solo. The way he really got that last note, even though it's very clear that Chevy Chase is not playing this on the piano. (laughs) He presses like three keys. (laughs) Yeah. He's doing his best. So Britta storms in, and she's upset about the song, and Vaughn is just, won't even look at her, is back to her. I like how dramatic Vaughn is. Wow. If you don't like my song, you don't have to listen, Britta, all right? I'm an artist, and I write what I feel, and I feel that you suck. Pierce tries to step up on Britta's behalf, but he literally can't get out of the series of keyboards that he's somehow got himself wedged behind. I like that even so far it's been a running theme that Pierce is not good next to percussion because he just gets trapped every time and either knocks it down or just can't escape. Yeah, and so he gives up and he asks Vaughn, hey, can you come here? And I love Vaughn's dramatic twirl. <laughs> the I actually, I, I was thinking to myself, I don't know which I like better, uh, Pierce not being able to get out or Vaughn and his chord. They're both great. I think I like Vaughn and his chord a little bit better. <laughs> they have a conversation about Britta and their feelings and Britta's trying to listen And then it kind of segues into this being a fight between Vaughn and Pierce over the band and who wrote the songs. And I love that Pierce makes a Garfunkel reference that goes over Vaughn's head. And he thinks he's talking about Garfield. Your song. We wrote it together. Are you trying to Garfunkel me? Maybe. Assuming to Garfunkel someone is to keep putting up with him, even though they're a fat, lazy cat who hogs the spotlight and eats all the lasagna. That is so funny. And it's also a very Dan Harmon-centric type thing. Because, it's, it's, you know, he seems to like Garfield. I'm proud to brag. I have met the one and only Jim Davis of Garfield's brother. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> I was so excited to, like, actually give you some cool points. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then uh it was like a field trip and we went to the garfield studio and they were like well jim isn't here today but here's his brother buddy or something like that <laughs> and you're like wow so uh wow you're his brother huh what was he like when he <laughs> yeah. was a kid oh you know <laughs> yeah so yeah right in all your envy also that's absolutely the Peasants. most indiana field trip that exists yeah. going to the garfield I, studios to meet jim davis's brother i think it was even a church trip maybe. <laughs> actually that would sound about right because we, they do love them some charles schultz and jim davis around mm. around these parts you're so right and i get it there's nothing wrong with garfield 
No, and I'm a pretty big Peanuts fan myself. Nobody likes Mondays. It's relatable. Yeah, I hate Mum and Num days. So yeah, that's a really funny miscommunication between the two of them. I also think that Pierce gets in a pretty great insult that, you know, is really uh, elf quality um, when he calls him a small-nippled credit-hogging jag that only knows three power chords. Like, that. that is like fourth-rate duelist with a fifth-rate deck or whatever Kaiba said to him, but it is a great, yeah, great insult. Yeah, but he does say that right after talking about his baby pumpkin ass, so I don't know how, well, how much credit you can really give him. Listen, have you seen his ass? That's a firm no. Why don't buddy. you go on a public computer real quick and okay. just Google Chevy Chase ass well, the library's pumpkin. closed. All right, go to a McDonald's and put your laptop in a center table, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and turn the volume all the way up. And just Google search Chevy Chase. Oh, there's their videos. Ass. Well, undoubtedly. The sound will play. Okay. I hope. If not, I'll just just call me and put me on speaker and I'll narrate. You'll you'll make the sounds as yeah. you remember them. The sounds okay. well, of Chevy give... Chase's pumpkin ass. Could you give the the audience a little taste? Sure. That sounds bad. That sounds like my car. <laughs> That's the sound of his pumpkin oh. ass cheeks pumpkining. Yeah, if I heard that noise in real life, I don't know if I'd be able to resist myself, especially if he was wearing skinny jeans. Well, yeah, that's why we, you know, could never actually meet Chevy Chase. I feel like I could play it cool around most of the cast members, but, you know. Chevy, come on the show, bud. You're not doing anything. <laughs> selling barbecue sauce? No, he's selling honey. I saw on Twitter he's selling honey. <laughs> Didn't you mean like uh, Ray Liotta in the B movie? Save it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll save that for the Chicken Tenders episode. The B-Movie podcast. We're going to do a podcast where we take B-Movie one minute at a time. Yikes. Vaughn storms out of the room and the throws smoking a really gun. fit where he just throws everything around. And there's a really weird line reading from Chevy that they called out in the commentary where as Vaughn's leaving, he's supposed to say, you get off your high horse. But Chevy <laughs> says, get on that high horse. Lights! So that is, I can't believe they left that in the show because, like, I thought that he was like trying to say something like, "Oh, get back on your horse and ride it," because he was like, "Get back on your," and like at the same time, Vaughn is saying something. It was not great. I feel like that means they did it several times, and either that was the best they got, <laughs> or he like refused to do it again. Yeah, he's like, "I did it right." He's <laughs> like, "No, no, 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 no. That's on purpose. That's the line. That's the way you should have wrote it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was on SNL. Uh, uh, I started Weekend Update. <laughs> National Lampoon's National Vacation. You know, one time, uh, Lorne, Lorne Michaels came to me and he said, he said, he said, Chevy, you know, your timing is so good. What's, what's your secret? I said, well, Lorne, you know, I uh, I wear two watches. Hey. Uh, I once had sex with Bertha Kitten in an airplane bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Andrea, how old are you? So... Vaughn leaves, and Britta says, Did you just defend my honor? Huh? Oh, yeah, totally. I love Pierce's reaction. He's like, ah. Huh? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's doing. No. Now we cut to a very sad image. Annie has the perfect romantic picnic set up. And Poor Annie. And Troy's standing, watching her act out the dream date that she'll never get for him to use with another girl. Troy isn't using her in any way it's not like he has any negative intent towards her troy is just so simple he literally is just asking help from one of his friends for a date yeah 
if you want him to know something, you gotta just tell him it. Troy, Troy, the Wonder Boy. Nancy Pelosi is no fun. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Republican National Convention. In the end. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Chevy's ass again. <laughs> <laughs> That's America's ass. So Troy kneels down to Annie's level and thanks her for the help and says, you know, like, we should have hung out more in high school. Annie wants to make the moment last and make Troy smile. So she's like, remember when you pretended to be my backpack? And Troy's like, oh, yeah. I'm really funny. (laughs) I'm funny. That's one of my favorite Troy lines. I love all Troy's lines, but that's a really good one. (laughs) The face he makes, too, it's like he's looking at himself in the mirror. (laughs) He has to go for his date. He looks at his watch and has to go. And that's when this goes into ludicrous territory. When Luda. Annie's like, Troy, wait! I have to tell you! I... My appendix is bursting. What? Yeah. Yeah. My appendix is bursting. Oh! Oh, oh no! <laughs> Have you had anything like this? Have you had an appendix or like gallbladder um, or something I like that I had something happen that I thought was my appendix, but ended up just being the fact that I ate this really big burger and got put on the wall at this restaurant, but my body didn't like it. It was like magical buildup. Huh. Yeah, the burger just decided that it wanted to stay. I've never had anything like this happen. I have a lot of uh, medical anxiety, so I hope I never have to have anything like that happen. Uh, never eat a burger so big that you get on the wall at the restaurant. I can't promise you that, Steven. I cannot promise you that at all. In fact, now that you said that, I feel like I've I've idealized that I now must do this. All right. Well, let's do it together. We'll film it. That'll be another podcast. Burger cast. We'll talk about an episode while we're eating the burgers. An episode of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Welcome to <laughs> Little Burger on the Podcast. I'm your host, Merlin Olson, and this is, um, crap, what's the dad's name on uh, Little House on the Prairie? Michael Landon. Michael Landon. watch it. Michael Landon, who is my favorite I never really saw Beastmaster. I just wanted you to think I was cool. (laughs) Annie's pretending to be in pain, and Allison Brie's acting here as Annie makes all of these rash, ridiculous decisions. (laughs) It's very funny. She does a good job at playing someone who's, like kind of losing their their shit a little bit yeah she does a great job and then we cut to the great Patton oswalt hey yo as nurse jackie yeah samwise ganji right remy the rat uh is the <laughs> nurse of the school and he just immediately is like oh i know this game you guys are having sex <laughs> troy has his arm on annie's leg and Annie's like, oh, Troy, thank you so much for bringing me. I'm so sorry I ruined your date. <laughs> the nurse says, oh, there doesn't appear to be anything wrong with her. And Troy just immediately, all right, well, then see ya. Because Troy's like, oh, she's fine. Time to go to my next thing. Yeah, so she screams again. And he runs back. And the nurse is like, where does it, where does it hurt? She yells everywhere. <laughs> and Troy mentions that he has a date because the nurse is saying, you got to get away from her. We got to quarantine her. He's like, my date's on the East Lawn. East Lawn, perfect. Great. Okay. Wait, wait, uh, this is a date? Oh, yeah, you need these. Nice. I'll be thinking of you. It's a very funny interaction seeing Donald and Patton play off of each other, especially the reveal when he pulls out the, he's like, oh, you're going on a date? Here's 20 condoms. Yeah, there, there nice. were so many. He's like, I'll be thinking of you. <laughs> Here's a personal story that I guess I'll be willing to share. The first time I ever needed condoms... I was 
too you're too scared to go get them from like the gas station. You know, you walk in to get them, you're like, I don't want this random person working at the gas station to know I'm buying condoms for some reason. Mm-hmm. So you buy a payday and you leave. Uh, you know, so I ended up asking a friend if they could get me some, and they brought it to like a practice, a rehearsal for something we were in together. I remember. And I, was, I was expecting like one or two, and he comes with his like t-shirt rolled up with like easy fifty condoms, and he just drops them all in my pants, and they land all over the floor. That was and rough. I've still never used a single one. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Buying condoms is always an awkward, awkward thing when you're a little younger. Not when you're Pierce Hawthorne. Well, no. He doesn't use them. Because he doesn't need them. <sighs> Ice cream bar. Next week on Condom Cast, Zach and Steven. <laughs> <laughs> How big can you uh, blow one up? Patreon only cast. Tune in. Little Patreon on a prairie dog. Sponsored by Magnum. <laughs> And GoDaddy. Magnum, come on the show, guys. Come on. Just come on the show. We know you're listening. (laughs) Get on board this train while it's still chugging. Uh, Annie tries to leave so she can chase after Troy. And the nurse's like, We don't want another Vanessa Parsons on her hand. She was the typhoid Mary of herpes. I'm kind of the Hawkeye around here, so it's kind of a... Are you seeing anybody? I googled that name and nothing came up. I don't know what that's a reference I to. I think that the real reference was Typhoid Mary and that they were just saying that that was a student at school. Okay, who that's... Who herpes, I believe. Probably what it is. Uh, again, I just read it in a little too deep for it. And he says, I'm kind of the hot guy around here. So it's kind <laughs> of a... Are you seeing anybody? <laughs> and I've never seen MASH, but I do get the Hawkeye reference. Well, see, clearly I didn't get the Hawkeye reference because I thought he meant, like, Jeremy Renner's superhero character, which was way Um, after Community had aired, so, you know. Maybe not way after for the first Avengers. That's true, but it was definitely after the first season. You're probably right. So now we cut to Jeff and Abed and Britta at a really nice-looking Sunday station in the cafeteria. Yeah, I, I, I would love an ice cream bar right now. I'd be so happy. Jeff fits every square inch of whipped cream that he can into his mouth. Yeah, he's gross you don't do that at a public bar i i'm very angered by this action because yeah. if i were in the line that would have ruined my whole day you know because like the whipped cream you're really excited for it especially yeah, when you get I'm to not do gonna it eat yourself. ice cream without whipped cream i mean i will but i'll be sad about it yeah although yesterday i did have some very good gelato i like went to that walk nice. someplace and then i walked past an ice cream place and i said "Ooh, okay i had a blizzard today that was Ooh. pretty nice drumstick blizzard Nice. I had, shout out to Ben and Jerry's, I had a uh, little quart of uh, half-baked Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Delicious. There's a really funny Abed moment when Jeff is being gross. Abed just has a change in his face and goes, Britta, can we talk a second? (laughs) And it cuts to them sitting and Abed pretty much wants Britta to fix his Jeff problem because Jeff is being gross, he's being too lazy, he's not living his life, and Abed kind of wants to get rid of him. Compares him to (laughs) E.T. Like, he crashed in my place, and they're friends now, but it's good for Abed, not good for Jeff, which is nice of Abed to realize that. Yeah, it is. And I, I really like how Abed kind of looks at everything here, and he's like, all right, clearly this is, Jeff is spiraling, and it's no good. You're right. So, like, as much as I like having somebody to watch TV and eat cereal with, he kind of needs to get himself back on track. Make some plans. <laughs> and Abed goes right into to Britta. Britta's like, what do you want me to do? And Abed says, use your lady parts. Abed! Don't be naive, Britta. The charge between you two is keeping them going. 
Tell him you'll make love to him if he takes a shower and finds a nice place to live. There's a really gross line where he's like, draw the tapeworm of Jeff's old self out with the milk. Yeah, really. That is your sexuality. Really didn't that's love that. Robin. That feels like it came from experience, a line like that. Yeah, it's really not pretty imagery. And Jeff, why is he just in his boxers? He has no he's pants out on. in front of everybody. He scratches his butt crack. Yeah, it's not cute. <laughs> but it's really not. one of my favorite Jeff lines, he goes back to the vending machine <laughs> to get like some chips or something to sprinkle on top of his sundae. And, and it's open. <laughs> like he can just open it and take stuff. And he's like, Abed, it's open. <laughs> He's so excited, which normally, like, you'd be really excited if that were open, but, like, this case is just like, oh, Jeff. I don't know. There are some moments I like of Jeff in this episode strictly because of how much I've come to adore the Jeff and Abed relationship. Mm -hmm. So whenever there's an episode that hinges on them being buddies, I'm going to like those moments. I can see that. But the real-world logistics of what Jeff is doing here is pretty bad. Yeah. But on that same note, if you look at it that way, so is what Annie's doing. She's acting out of a crush, but, like, I don't know faking the appendicitis and stuff. Oh, that's pretty bad, yeah. Absolutely, that's not great. <laughs> faking a medical emergency is never all right. I was very, very young when this happened, and I'm very ashamed of this, but I'll share it to the internet. Uh, I once, at a skating party, pretended to have an asthma attack. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't tell you why, and it only fooled, like, one friend. <laughs> But I kind of think that's what I was going for. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else was like, oh, shit, it's just oh, Zach. He does man. this every week. Pierce is faking a heart, heart attack again. Yeah, I made myself sick one time at school because I wanted to go home. I was in, like, oh, first I grade. Oh, I did that, too. And I was like, yeah, no, enough of this. It wasn't early elementary school. It was probably, like, fifth or sixth grade where I did it, and then I got, like, caught. Because <laughs> I think I had, like, bragged to my friends. <laughs> So then they made me go back to class and, like, apologize to my teacher. It was f***ing awkward. <laughs> That's really awkward. So Jeff just has at it at the at the vending machine. <laughs> and then we cut to him, you know, back on the couch watching the Jeffersons. Yeah. And Britta walks in. Oh, wait, go ahead. She cuts it off. He's like, hey, I was watching the Jeffersons. Which I, wait, did you find this joke funny? What, when he says honky? Yeah. I don't know. That's always been a word that I never got. Do they say that on the Jeffersons a lot? Um. Because it might be a case of like, you know, I've been watching a lot of Letterkenny, so I've been starting to use some of the phrases that they yeah, use a lot I on that show. Yeah, I think that's the joke they were going it. for. If he's been watching the Jeffersons all day and that's a word that they use, he's probably, yeah, he's just repeating like what he's been hearing on the show. But that like being that. said, no, I didn't laugh that hard at it. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Do you not like it? What's what's your deal with the word? Okay, well, I'll tell you my deal with the word. I yeah, have always thought that it was kind of lame, which I know sounds stupid, but I feel like people yeah. have always used it, at least in my experience, people use it a lot and, like, compare it to the N-word and, like, try and put yeah. it on equal footing. Like, oh, yeah. And that has always gotten on my nerves, so I'm like, I feel like that one wasn't us. There's but. never been a good enough hate speech word for white people and we could really use one we like deserve it <laughs> and i think there kind of is one that's going around now uh and it, it's racist for a lot of them right and, i feel like uh, at this point like you either are or you aren't mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway no i don't i don't know the word honky i don't whatever I've, i it just always very, thought it was it's a, a word that feels word. very 70s it has some like 70s charm to it it's maybe. like calling somebody a jive turkey but but white <laughs> I feel like it would have been worse if, yeah, if Jeff had said jive turkey. Oh, that would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been a no <laughs> for me. <laughs> Britta backslides and explains that... I was wrong, okay? Material possessions are important. Think how much happier the Jeffersons were than that family on Good Times. Yeah, but they had good times. Well, do good times really matter? What about good cars, good... 
lobster. What about that that sport where the British people ride the horses with the really long hammers? It's a weird message that this episode's trying to have. Do they want Jeff to be like he was in the beginning? Do they want him to be lazy? It's like he doesn't really get better one way or the other. Well, yeah, it's kind of like Britta's like saying, like, well, most people, you know, should learn to not be so materialistic, but you are nothing. Not most people. It's, it's like that's all you have to your identity. Without it, you're just a slob. So you might as well at least get that back in your life. Yeah, Britta has that line when they're talking about good times where she's like, Does, do the good times even matter if you don't have a good car or good lobster? Well, because she was that saying that the, the family on the Jeffersons was a lot happier than the family on good times when good times, their whole thing was, oh, we moved up to this nicer area, we have nicer things. Good and times? I, I thought that was Sanford and Son. No, Sanford and Son's about a dad and his son who own a junkyard. It's not moving on up That's good to times. the east side. Are you sure? I am. Zach, I am 100% sure. Okay. Sanford and Sons is... I did not think that was the theme song to Good Times. Yeah. Good Times is moving on up. But the thing about Good Times no, is No, I just looked none. it up. I just looked it up. The Jeffersons is moving on up. Oh, the Jeffersons. Then what's the Good Times theme song? I don't think I know the Good Times theme song. I don't think I watch Good Times. Uh, okay, Jefferson's moving on up. But the Good Times, so there don't were you, no so Good So don't times. you tell me, well, don't it's not you tell Sanford me not to son. doubt your opinion. It's not Sanford Well, I knew son. that something was wrong. Well, I knew what the show was about. <laughs> just not the I'm theme. not sure what the theme song to Good Times was, but I think it's the song's just called Good Times. Oh, the lyrics are... A good, good time. times, anytime you need a payment. Time, a good time, a good time. Sounds like a good time to me. A good time, a good no. time to you. A good time, it's a like good time hassled, plus me is three. Hustled, keeping your head above water, making a wave when you can. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody watched that show. Zach, yes, I've seen Good Times. I've watched a lot of Good Times, but I've seen more. Name good times one than... good timer. What does that mean? <laughs> Name one of the characters. Uh, Janet Jackson. She was on that? Yeah, she was, uh, like, she lived with, like, a woman on there who was abusive. She, like, burned her with a curling iron. Jesus. It was either Janet or Latoya Jackson. I think it was Janet Jackson was on there when she was younger. Uh, I might have to watch Good Times. The whole thing about Black Jesus is a great Good Times episode. And actually, one time at Black Expo, my mom and I ran into the two that played the kids on Good Times, and we talked about the That's Black Jesus. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, because my grandma had a Black Jesus. But Sanford and Son is the best of of the shows we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know Sanford and Son. I enjoyed that one. It's the best one. Followed by Cosby Show, but we can't watch that anymore, I guess. So. And Britta even does say, you know, she's like, I don't believe a single word that I'm saying for me, but for you. Maybe you're one of those rare people with nothing underneath the surface. Maybe if you put stain remover on a turd, you don't get a diamond. You just get a turd with less direction in life. Which is literally Jeff on this couch right now. And Jeff doesn't care. He's just like, turn the TV back on. And that's when Britta throws the bag at him that's heavy, and it's his faucets that he was bragging so dumbassedly about. <laughs> Britta, the Catwoman to Abed's Batman. <laughs> yeah, he recognizes that the notch that he made for the best uh, <laughs> temperature for his skin is still there. <laughs> what did he call it? Combination skin? Does that mean, yeah, like, insane. sensitive but firm? <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly what that meant, but that sounds about right. That's such a Jeff thing to do. Because he, yeah, you know, yeah. can't be bothered to just remember where to turn his temperature for his hands. The speech that Britta's giving to Jeff feels like like an anti-winger speech where she's, like, talking into becoming, like, a supervillain again, you know? <laughs> right? Like, she wants him to re- regress, I guess? I don't... <laughs> she's like, I don't like lazy Jeff, so we might as well have asshole Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff, of course, being Jeff, backs it up with, 
you're into me. Yeah. And Britta's, I beg your unbelievable pardon. <laughs> that was a good one. What do you think? Do you think any part of Britta is doing this out of her attraction for Jeff? I wouldn't say she's doing it out of her attraction to Jeff. I'd say she's doing it out of concern as a friend. There might be a little bit of that underneath the surface somewhere, but I don't think that's a driving factor at all. Not at all like how Annie is with Troy. No. Which I think is a nice kind of uh, parallel in this episode, is that Annie is is very much helping because she likes him, and Britta is more so helping because she's concerned. There's a funny little thing where Jeff, like looks at himself in his faucet and like fixes his hair for the first time in weeks and then we cut to a bunch of people getting ready for this concert and pierce comes up to vaughn just to make sure that he knows that he was really serious about quitting their band and vaughn just again he doesn't care and doesn't at all let his cards show that he's about to drop a bomb on pierce when he gets on the stage no i do think it was funny when uh Pierce kind of tells Vaughn to lay off Britta and he says like even though she walks like she just got off a horse <laughs> which what the heck but underneath all that clown makeup she's a good kid yeah I was like gosh poor Brittles Vaughn says no worries I've moved on and takes off his shirt they all walk on stage and this is something that I'd like to okay so Vaughn takes off his shirt mm-hmm. and hands it to his drummer then the shirt gets thrown into Pierce's face <laughs> but it's like it looks as if Vaughn is throwing the shirt, even though the drummer is still holding it. It does. Yeah, so I think that might be a small continuity error. Mm-hmm. Hey, but, you know, they fixed the nipples. They did fix the nipples, you're right. I didn't even pay that close of attention to them. They're obviously fake, but they look good fake. Yeah. They must have had a little bit more of a budget a few episodes in. Hey, there we go. Got some of that Hawthorne Wipes money coming in. Important conversation here. What do you think? Uh, getting rid of Britta or Pierce, you're a B. Pierce, I don't need you in my bag. I think Pierce Your B is a significantly inferior song. And I think that it's because they miss Pierce's songwriting in the band. I might disagree with you, buddy. Can I tell you why? Yes. Is it the Eminem thing? It's the rap at the end that is... That's my favorite part. Eminem quality reminiscent, Zachary, of the line, Your booty is heavy duty like diarrhea. Okay, we don't talk about that album. We don't talk about that album. And this line is, is literally that. But, but this line's a comedy show. It's not a rapper. You know, to come I'm not. Cool I'm not rapper. a fan of the of the poo poo rap. It's just not oh. not not in it for me. What the poo poo rap oh, does not do Steven. it for me. That's one of the hottest diss tracks of 2009, and you're just sleeping on it. Listen, I'm wide awake, <laughs> and and the poo poo rap is not is not it for me. I almost even like the verses better to Pierce Your B. Wow, see, I, I, I disagree. I love too. Getting Rid of Britta, but I think they're very, very close to each other. Uh, I feel differently, but you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a purist. I like the band with Pierce. You know, I think that was their best phase. Everything is a little bit better after Chevy Chase leaves. <laughs> is it? Just kidding. That wasn't exactly the case on the show, but I don't, well, well, season five, season four. He left after season four, so maybe it got a little bit better after he left. Yeah. While the concert's going on, Troy and uh, what's her name, Bobby, <laughs> Rand- Randy. <laughs> don't do Randy cuddled like that. Up. She's so pretty. Yeah, she's really pretty. Troy and Randy are cuddled up 
on the blanket, and just as Troy puts his Letterman jacket around her, Annie comes screaming, no, one of those classic Allison Brie screams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and runs out, still in her medical gown, just because she needs her blanket back. Uh, it's just so awkward. I hate seeing Annie make a fool of herself like this. Yeah, and it stinks because she always ends up, like, appearing crazy. And what's yeah. crazier than running out, you know, in the middle of a date wearing a medical gown? It looks like she just left, right. you know, a psychiatric center, you know? She tries so hard to keep it together all the time. Most of the time she does, but when she breaks, it does damage. It's rough. Poor Annie. But I think it makes Annie a far more interesting character than what she would have been otherwise. Totally. So she's like, do you guys mind? Can you scoot over? And, and like, drags the blanket out from under them. And for whatever reason, whenever anything in this plot line happens, Shirley is there to watch it because they couldn't come up with a Shirley story for this episode. <laughs> yeah, she she's just waiting in the wings. She covers herself in the blanket and says, thank you, have a nice date, <laughs> and leaves. Yeah, and then Shirley helps her fix her, her gown a little bit because she was kind of ass out there for a minute. Yeah, she was. <laughs> Poor Annie. Not really, though. It doesn't really give away anything. It's about as seductive as that skeleton outfit was. Yeah. I think we need to hear from the people. What do you think of the Pierce diswrap? Do you think it's fire? This is when it comes in. Do you think it's fire? Hot fire like I think it is? Or do you think it's, I don't know, Steven with his uh, high horse? Uh, he, he needs to get on a horse <laughs> and like good music. Yeah, say if we can't so get fooled again. Him. Hashtag cancel Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no more poop rap. Eminem is the goat. Oh, no. <laughs> All of his best songs are about poop. Chicka chicka, I'm sick of him. Uh... <laughs> Marshall, come on the show. We know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go Big Blue. We can talk about the Wolverines. Michigan, yeah, not X-Men. We, we might squeeze you in on the Magnum episode. Come on. Get on with us. You know our email. We got your number. Get a hold of us. With star of screen of of screen and and ear, uh, known for roles such as B Rabbit and B Rabbit, mm. Academy Award winner Marshall Mathers, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Rash and Marshall Mathers have the same number of Oscars. Jim Rash has an Oscar. Yeah, he wrote a movie. And won an Oscar for Best Screenplay. What movie? It's called The Way, Way Back. And it has Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Jim Rash is in it, Nat Faxon is in it. Yeah, I've seen Tony that. Tony Collette is in it, Allison Janney is in it. That was good. I didn't Anna know that Sophia won an Oscar. Robb is in it, Maya Rudolph is in it. I like Anna Sophia Robb. Yeah, I've seen that. That was good. I haven't seen it, but I like to. But yeah, he won an Oscar for the screenplay. I like the the kid that's in it. He was also, and I I, I have a big crush on Allison Janney. If I'm being honest with you, like a pretty big. Crush. I get that. Have, have you seen I Tanya? Did we watch that movie together? We did watch it together. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I like it. But the kid in it played young Sean Spencer on Psych. Yeah, I've probably seen him then. And was in 2012. Like the disaster movie. Yeah. And I the don't year. think I saw that one. <laughs> Yeah, the world should have ended, so we didn't make it to 2020. Gosh, if only. Yeah. I was ready. I was like, ah, you know. I think we had school that day, and we were like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so Not doing my homework. During this concert, we get two little kind of emotional scenes to cap off the episode. 
The first one is Jeff and Britta, which doesn't really resonate that much for me in this case. Nope. They talk about, like, Jeff's like, I saw how much you missed me. And, like, talks about how, I don't know, how he was down a few pegs and how Britta thinks the world's better with him in it. And then he says a really cheesy, thanks for caring. And no, it doesn't do it that much for me. What do you think? Yeah, no. Uh, I think that I am very much not invested in Jeff and Britta's romantic relationship whatsoever. I think there's one moment in the entire show where I'm like, okay. And other than that, I'm not really about it. So this really doesn't do much for me. And I think that Jeff, the whole episode was, for the most part, was very off-putting for me. So I, I wasn't rocking with it. Now, I do like the interaction with Abed, but that's just because Abed is cool. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I tend to want to root for Jeff and Britta, but rarely what they do makes me root for them. Mm -hmm. I do love Jeff and Abed's friendship, and so this scene works a lot better for me. Jeff says that he's living in a motel for a little bit, he's looking for an apartment, and they have this nice moment where... You would have been fine with me staying there forever, huh? Yep. You're pretty cool, Abed. You're a huge nerd. Thanks. (laughs) Which I think is very sweet. And I love the wink that Abed gives Britta because it's true. It like just shows that Abed's like he winks and then looks at Jeff and smiles and then looks back at the concert. He like (laughs) drops each facade. Yeah, it's so good. Like he's very aware of what he's doing. And but one thing that makes me really happy here is that this kind of shows that Abed is cool. You know, he's he's cooler than Jeff in my opinion. I mean, he's got the mm-hmm. group of friends. He he is a part of the group, you know, and he's an important part of the group. He's not just absolutely a tag along person. Like those are his friends too, and I'm really happy for mm-hmm. Abed. I think this is a good Abed episode. It's not really an Abed episode, but I think he's portrayed better in this one than he has been in the last couple. I agree wholeheartedly. Other than not the Halloween episode. No. Everyone's moving and grooving to Pierce's hate song, and Pierce is just I don't know, excitedly in the audience, like, I'm Pierce. That's me. Yeah, song's about me. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And the shot of the concert and how many people are there is pretty impressive for a community. We don't see that a whole lot. No, Some Worries draws a crowd. It's Vaughn's nipples. Yeah. And the pan out shot from behind the band while they finish the song, it's cool. Yeah, it's neat. Nice nice little ending shot for the episode. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Very, uh... (laughs) This could not be in. Very victorious of the... What? The show Victorious. To end the episode on a song? Yeah, on a concert with the the whole school out there. And, you know, it's about one of them. Yeah. It's very clear that Community was a show heavily, heavily influenced by the masterpiece Victorious. Well, yeah, Dan Schneider was was, uh, half the team. He was the, the Dan part of Dan Harmon. It's actually a duo. It's very confusing because it's the same first name, but it's two of them. So if you're not crazy about the diss rap in Pierce, You're a B, how do you feel about the rap that Pierce has performed that he's written about Vaughn? I like it till the till the parts about poop and pee. You really don't go for the poop and pee really jokes, really don't do you? go for the poop and pee jokes. Not a South Park fan? Um, I like some South Park. I haven't seen a ton of it, but I like a lot of what I've seen, but I don't like poop and pee jokes. I think because my job for a while was cleaning up the poop and pee of people my age and older, I think it's lost its its charm. That's fair. It's definitely something that it's very immature to make poop and pee jokes. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of the immaturity that makes me giggle sometimes. And Pierce being that immature to like pay someone to <laughs> perform this rap that he's 
hastily and hatefully written about Vaughn. East side, west side, north side, south. Vaughn's breath is so bad his butt's mad at his mouth. This rap is Bob Pierce. Vaughn is dumb. He wears diapers to bed and sucks his mother's thumb. And when he wakes up stupid wishing he was me, he has a big poop breakfast with a glass of pee. Then he goes to school where he's stupid again. And everybody hates him, even all his friends. When you come after Pierce, then the battle is on. So this rap goes out to stupid Vaughn. I do love, I think my favorite line is, Vaughn's breath is so bad his butt's mad at his mouth. I do like that one. That one works. I also love Vaughn's, like, just the look of pain in his eyes when he hears the song. Vaughn walks in and he's like, oh, I see what you're doing here. This isn't the end of this. (laughs) Well played, Pierce. And as far as I know, this is not something, when we see Vaughn again, I don't think their rivalry is touched on again. I don't think so. I like the awkward look that Chevy gives to the rapper that he's hired. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's almost, I wish they would have done a little more with Vaughn and had kind of kept that rivalry going. Yeah, me too. I think that would have been a fun B-plot for an episode. So that's the end of the episode. This was kind of a base level episode. Not a ton to dive super deep in, I feel. Obviously, the music in it is a highlight. Yeah, there's some good jokes. uh, The Troy and Annie plotline is pretty satisfying, and Patton Oswalt's guest star is pretty funny. But some of the other stuff, especially the Jeff and Britta of it all, and the Shirley dynamic a little bit... Yeah, don't do a whole lot. ...brings it down a few pegs. Do you agree? I agree. I think that it's, it's pretty... Mid, but not because the episode as a whole is mid. I think it has highs and it has lows, and they kind of balance each other out. I agree. It's one that when com- when it comes on, I'm excited about it yeah. because of the the, uh, the bands. Mm-hmm. But as far as comparing it to the ones we've watched before this one, I'd probably put it above the pilot and above social psychology, but I think below everything else. Yeah, it probably would be on the lower half of mine for the season so far. That being said, in an episode that was a little middle of the road but had some definite highlights, who is your MVP this week? Okay, now I considered briefly when over the course of this episode changing my pick, but I didn't change it. I stuck with my gut I because I was thinking about changing it to Vaughn at one point, but then I remembered the poopy, poo-poo, and... So you just can't get past that. Can I can't. You? I have a. I have a real problem. I think I need to go see okay. a therapist about poop. But eating poop. Yeah. <laughs> if you or a loved one eats poop, please give him my card. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been eating poop? Okay. But uh, <laughs> I I give it to Abed because I think that Abed is a friend that let his buddy move in and stay with him on his couch for a little bit when he needed to, but it also recognized that he needed to better himself and move out and tried to help him with that. So Abed gets my MVP this week. I don't disagree with you, but I am going to give mine to Vaughn. Nice. Um, His demeanor in the whole episode is really funny. The way he delivers all his lines passive-aggressively and the way he performs on stage. And I I think the character is so funny and probably made me laugh the most of anything in this episode. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. Poop and pee included. Poop and pee included. So I'm going to have to work on a diss track for Steven. Oh, I've got several ready for you, Zach. I'll spit one whenever you want. Okay, well, you set yourself up. Give me a piece. All right. <clears throat> Can you beatbox for me? No. No? You don't have to do a acapella? <laughs> yeah. All right, give me a, a character voice to rap in. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this, Zach? Oh, okay. Oh, Zach, I think you're whack. <laughs> I have some words to say, and I'm on attack. My name is Steven, but I sound like a mouse. 
Guess what, boy? You're in my house. Oh, oh, boy. How was that? Can I ask you something I always wanted to ask the real Mickey? Sure, little boy. What can I do for you? Whoa. Am I attractive? <laughs> you know, my creator, he wasn't so fond of the, the folks with the glasses <laughs> and the curly hair. So, uh, you're not necessarily oh, no. my type, but maybe someone will like you. Oh, boy. Sounds like it's time for Mickey to go. I think that's as good a time as any to call it a wrap Thank on you guys this for podcast. Um, don't forget, please They're, send us Steven, trivia. stop saying it. They're not watching <laughs> they, us. If anyone's if anyone's watching Steven do this, you probably should stop. Wait, you're not live streaming? I'm on cam soda right uh, now. <laughs> uh, I just, I just uh, go from Omegle user to Omegle user streaming it one at a time. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, please email us and start sending us trivia questions without the answer to try to stump us in future episodes. Next week, we're talking a good one. It's Debate 109. So I'm sure you've got a couple from that one. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm so excited for this episode. Zach, it is one of my favorites. And I really, really renewed my love for it during the watch-a-thon that we did and i'm super excited to watch it again the bonus episode of that watch-a-thon i don't think that episode is in there but there are a bunch that are and you can still go check that out if you want to if you're new to the show along with checking out all the episodes we've done so far uh follow us on facebook and instagram at can't disappoint podcast and twitter at you can't disappoint we've been having a lot of fun over on twitter this week and yeah hang out with us thanks for coming along community fans we're Glad to do this show for you. I look forward to it every week. Absolutely. Me too. It's uh, been a blast and a half doing the show. Um, and the half is because I don't really like Zach that much. But, you know, what's great is that every second that I'm talking to you guys, he's not. And that's my gift to you. <laughs> oh, from inside the Dreamatorium, this is Zach. And this is Gazorp Field. Mickey, any last words? Oh, boy. Uh, don't forget to... Vote and write your senators and arrest the cops who murdered Brianna Taylor. <laughs> we'll see you guys I'm next week. Getting rid of Brita. I'm getting rid of the bee. She's an all good bee. I'm getting rid of Brita. She's gotta go. I'm getting rid of the bee. She's a GDB. Come on. One more time for me, Pierce. Ha! Say it ain't so. It isn't like I would ever hit her But I would sell her to the highest bidder She bought me out, she bruised my soul She lied to my heart, she left me less than whole I'm getting rid of Britta I'm getting rid of the bee She's an awkward bee I'm getting rid of Britta It's not healthy, man I'm getting rid of the bee She's a GDB Come on, Pierce I just... Britta's a bee Bread is a bee. I'm just speaking the truth here. Bread is a bee.